Hello, everyone. What a great day for another episode of A Small Scoop of Sports. And that's what we have for you today. Another episode. Here we are. I am your co-host, Chris Molina. Joined with me today is your co-host, Jairo Gutierrez. Jairo, say what's up to the people. What up, what up, Chris? Just like you said, man, another great day to talk some football for today specifically, but always sports as we love to do here on a small scoop of sports. Before we begin, I just want to remind everybody, man, where they can find the pod, right? They can interact with us, give us feedback um, on Twitter and on Facebook at Small Scoop Sport. We really appreciate it. Any interaction is always appreciated. And again, for listening to us, man. We really appreciate everybody that tunes in week after week. We really hope that people enjoy it. How you doing today, Chris? You ready to get into some sports today, bro? Yeah, I'm doing good. And I appreciate you mentioning where they can find the show because one of these days it's going to blow up. I'm telling you, it's going to go from, you know, a couple hundred people to maybe 50,000. I don't know. We'll see. I'm with it, bro. I'm with it. And I like the positivity. All we got to do, keep going week after week. And let's hope that people enjoy it, right? And one day, It'll be big time, and we'll look back at the at the small fry days is what we can call them. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you mentioned it. We have a good show today. We're talking NFL, talking some fantasy football like usual. The good, the bad, and the Sam Darnolds of Week 15, although I might be changing that, changing that to maybe the good, the bad, and the Kyle Allens. We'll I see. like that. I like that. <laughs> Um, and then we'll have some week 16 predictions as well as we'll just kind of talk generally about the standings. Yes, so, sir. Uh, you want to start us off with some fantasy football? What are we doing today? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. As you said, we will get into a little bit of uh, the the standings after our predictions because, man, with two weeks left, it's getting super interesting in both conferences. But before that, let's go into that fantasy football segment as always, bro. So... I'll start it off with a little precursor. As we talked about last uh, week, I did not make the uh, semis in either of our leagues. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off with you, bro. And you give us the update. You made it to both semis in both of our leagues. How did your two matchups go? Did you make the finals? What's up? We'll start with my league. And yes, I did make the finals. <laughs> it was a close battle. Uh, I won 146 to 137. Uh, I had Christian McCaffrey with 36. Uh, Chris Carson with 26. And then I had a couple of, you know, really good performances from Mike Williams with 17 and Joe Mixon with 18. I needed all the help I can get because my opponent had Tannehill go off. Remember, I told you he was going to go off. Uh, Saquon went off as well. The Patriots defense had 19 points. Um, it was quite the battle considering the other semifinal. Did you see that score? Of, of your other semi in my league, right? In, no, 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 in uh, my league. Oh, wait, no, no, which one? Um, so. Oh, the I one. Won... Sorry, go it ahead, was... go ahead. I'm looking at him now. It was 105 to 59 compared to 146 to 137. Legendary. That's right, bro. No, because I was looking at um. So you played the fourth and Niners at eight and five, and you're totally right, dude. I was thinking, how pissed must he have been? Because it, um, what we've talked about all year, bro. When you're the team that scores almost more than everyone else in the league, yet you end up losing because you played that one dude. Um, it happened to homeboy in the semifinals, <laughs> so he must have been pretty salty. Yeah, um, 
shout out to my friend Dennis, legendary. Um, he had a good season, but I think he was just hit with uh, injuries down the stretch, and um, his team kind of reflected that. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, not a good week for him. So him and uh, fourth and Niners will battle it out for third place. And then my friend, our uh, second guest on the podcast, unsportsmanlike, unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, Andy. We're playing each other in the championship. There you go. Okay, and so real quick, Chris, um, do you know who you're gonna play at quarterback this week? Before we let's get, um, you know, your your matchup in your league set. Do you know who you're gonna start at quarterback? And um, what do you think about? I just want to ask you about McCaffrey, bro. All year, the guy has been amazing, right? Do you think he does it for one more week? It's interesting you say that. Um, we'll start with uh, we'll start with uh, my QB. I am actually playing Ryan Fitzmagic mm. uh, this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. He had a good week last week against the Giants, twenty points. If I can get another week like that, uh, I'll be very happy. And I'm going to sit Josh Allen because I just think his matchup with the Patriots this week it's going to be another game like the like it was against the Steelers in which the winner it's going to be like 17-10 17-13 type game it's going to be kind of knock them down drag them out type fight and it he just doesn't have the upside that I'm looking for this week so I'm going to go with Fitzmagic because Fitzmagic we all know he can blow up at a moment's notice definitely okay I like that and then your boy CMC going against Indy on the road. What do you think? He does it one more week? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but Carolina's uh, benching Kyle Allen and they're starting their third round rookie QB, Will Greer from West Virginia. It should I be did see that. Yeah. So what do you think? What, what is the impact there? Because um, it looks like for the last, I would say, at least four weeks, bro, Kyle Allen has been very, very terrible, um, especially opposed to how he started. So do you think that affects anything? Obviously, McCaffrey is such a big um, point of the passing game always. So, you know, do you think he just stays the same with the with the, you know, third third stringer? I think in terms of the passing game, yeah, he should get a lot of those dump offs from Will Greer. Um, kind of get him comfortable. He might have, you know, another eight receptions for 80 yards again. We'll see about the running game, though. It could be it could be tough sledding. Uh, but uh, Christian McCaffrey is always a good bet to find the end zone at least once. And then also I wanted to bring up my opponent has Dalvin Cook. So you know what I did? I went and grabbed Mike Boone. Minnesota's running back, uh, backup running back, and just stashed him on my bench. I'm uh, not going to start him, but I didn't want my opponent to keep him. <laughs> I love, Dude, I see that right now. I was like, Mike Boone, but it looks like, and I was just seeing actually before recording that, um, Dalvin is unlikely to play. So um, it's looking like a really good pickup and just literally closing the door on him getting um, that opportunity to pick him up. So he still yeah. has him in his lineup as of right now. Um, and he's questionable, but I was seeing that I think it's unlikely he's going to play um, in that huge Monday night matchup, actually, especially for Minnesota. Right. So I was thinking, like, I didn't want it to be so easy for him to just be like, oh, well, Dalvin Cook's not going to play. I'm just going to go throw in Mike Boone for my Monday night lineup. All's good. I wanted him to, you know, to have to make the decision. <laughs> David Montgomery, Tevin Coleman, 
not good options here were find someone on the waiver. So it's looking better for me that I, I did that. What a strategy, dude. That's a that's a, actually a huge move that I should end up paying off, bro. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, dope, dude. Well, we got that on lock now. Let's move on to my league again. You were in the semis and <laughs> well, I think you were super stressed until about uh, maybe like 9.30 or 10 Monday night. Let's hear it, bro. What happened? Uh, so I went, um, I went into this matchup up by 25 points uh, against the two girlies team. Uh, he had Michael Thomas. I had Will Lutz. And Michael Thomas ended up scoring 30.8 points on Monday night. It was it turned out to be a three, a little over a four, or a little under a four-point victory for me. I pull it out 151 to 147. Uh, he, uh, I think he could have beat me if the Colts were in that game, mm-hmm. but it, they kind of just kind of we're on cruise control for like the last quarter and a half of the Saints offense because Michael Thomas had like 25 points by halftime. <laughs> yep. Yeah, dude. What a, uh, I was thinking the same thing is like, um, they literally were not playing for anything anymore heading into the fourth. They pretty much, it was a three quarter game. The game was definitely out of reach and there was no point in them even trying to, especially Thomas, dude, who, um, as we talked about last week, is going for the single season receptions record. I think he could have helped himself, but it was like, what's the point, dude? Is a record more important or maybe getting injured in a game that's um, already decided? You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, he he did have a few, like, smaller receptions in that second half, but, like, um, let's see, he had, all, he had, he caught all 12 of his targets. I'm pretty sure he had like eight or nine of them in the first half for that touchdown. If he scored another touchdown, like instead of, um, I think Traquan Smith scored, and I don't remember who else scored. There's a bunch of Saints that scored. Um, if, he, if he did it again, I would have been toast, but I won on the back of Christian McCaffrey again. Um, Nick Chubb at 23, AJ Brown 25, Darren Waller 20. However, I I think if I would have lost, I would really been kicking myself as I started Jimmy Garoppolo. He only had 12 points, and then Jameis Winston with 32 sitting on my bench. <laughs> yes, dude, that and we talked about that live, right? Is Jamo did it again, and um, dude, but it ended up again Christian and the call, dude, the call that you made with AJ Brown. You got to give yourself some credit uh, as well because um, that could have been very different as well. You know what I mean? Had you not played him um it looks like that would have kind of been um game time for you so that was that was also a good call yeah i appreciate that i I just um he's he's trying to lead me to a championship i'm gonna start calling him aj crown if he does (laughs) i like that bro you got one more week dude and so this week are you uh, i was gonna ask that now are you sticking um you know with that going up against uh, true crew my boy Cruz which uh as we know in the other semi he absolutely crushed it so good thing yeah, did. you know you guys didn't play this week uh Dunder Miffin my boy Abraham sucks he went 11 and 3 regular season finishes in first place um and then just ends up playing a guy that puts up 163 points although he didn't play his full team which we also talked about you forgot to sub in a tight end but it wouldn't have made a difference had he played his entire best uh lineup 
he still would have lost to the 163 point um team so how do you see it going bro now and heading into the championship yeah i think to be real it's, it's probably the two best teams in both leagues bro i know in your league uh andy and yourself both finished in first in your respective conferences so or divi division so i'm pretty happy about that now here Cruz has scored the most points in the league you definitely made a run at the end of the year to finish eight and five what's good bro how do you see this week going so um it's gonna be interesting i'm definitely starting Jameis winston this week uh no question about it but uh lamar jackson and mark or so he's got a really good like um there's a reason why he scored the most points in the league he's got lamar jackson mark ingram derrick henry Devonte adams um travis kelsey he also had Chris Godwin, but Chris Godwin's out. But I, I see here that he was able to scoop up Rashad Perryman. Um, so it's he should probably plug Perryman right into that position there. It's a tough team. Um, right now, I'm going to start AJ Crown again <laughs> instead of Robert Woods. And then I'm throwing Joe Mixon in uh, against Miami. I need, the, I need the upside with both Brown and Mixon. Woods, Woods kind of let me down last week, as you well know. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, right now I'm projected 129 to 112. However, once he takes out Godwin from his lineup and puts in Perriman, it's going to be 129 to 125. <laughs> it's going to be a it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle, and with Perriman, the only negative there, bro, is if if Jameis goes off to him again like he did last week there's gonna be the points Jameis on your side is gonna get some but um your opponent is gonna get some with Perriman as well right so I mean yeah yeah I was gonna ask you a question about that oh um, yeah so would you prefer um like to have the wide receiver in that um in that uh matchup or the QB because if the wide receiver scores the QB for sure scores but if the QB scores that doesn't mean the wide receiver for sure scores very, that's kind of a tongue twister <laughs> no 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 very very true dude that that's how you always kind of think oh Perriman might get all the points but what if another one of the receivers is the one that blows up right so that's kind of the the negative of having the the receiver in this case though from what we saw last week we know Mike Evans is out and Godwin is now out. Um, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, well, and those two guys <laughs> we talked about a few weeks ago, dude, were literally leading the league, both of them in reception, uh, receiving yards, sorry. So now that leaves a huge hole. In this particular case, I think it's a case by case. I think I would actually prefer to have the receiver just because it seems that we, uh, Jameis is not going to have too many more options to have a big game. You know what I mean? And Perriman blew up last week, dude. The guy is quick. And I think his uh, potential for a deep, deep touch touchdown or two is very likely. What do you think? You know, do you agree with that on this particular case? And then what would be your general idea? Do you, would you uh, side with the QB? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Perriman blew up like we know last week. Um, and then they play Houston again. Houston this week. Houston's been giving up big games. They gave up a big game to Denver. They gave up one to Tannehill. It would it would have been an even bigger day if that receiver didn't fumble at the goal line, which was basically a 14 point swing. Did you mm -hmm. see that? Yes, I well, did. It kind of it kind of went as an interception because as he caught it, um, the defender popped it right out, uh, and then you know they returned to 80 yards to set up another touchdown 
But anyways, um, I'll just have to stomach the first um, drive interception from Winston because we all know <laughs> it's going to happen. Dude, Giannis, we do it every week. <laughs> week after week, it's no, we joke about it, but literally, I don't know if he, like, I, I don't know, dude. It seems too, like, almost set up, bro. It's literally, it starts, <laughs> the game started at 11. By about 11.15, you can almost guarantee a Jameis Winston uh, interception. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going to be tilting. I'm like, oh my goodness, why did I start Winston? It's the championship. He just threw a pick, and then he'll throw a couple touchdowns and a big All right, okay, I'm calm now. I'm calm. Exactly. And, dude, now that I look at your lineup really quick, also a question on – so you have Fitzmagic on your bench against Cincy. Would you not um, – have you not considered starting him in both? The reason I say is like, I don't know, dude. I don't know why Jameis, he has had some great leads and obviously leading the league in um, pa- passing yards. Um, so he's having a great year. But, dude, uh, it seems like Fitzmagic has a little bit better of the of the uh, matchup. Wouldn't you agree? Um, That's a good question. Let me pull up to see who... Um which QB has like the better like matchup uh, because they're both not good. Both of the defenses give up a lot of points to uh, the opposing QBs. But while I do that, um, I off the top of my head, I know I want the uh, the upside in Winston because I'm facing such a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Fitzpatrick, uh, I think he has a safer floor for sure. But so the uh, Cincinnati Bengals are the 24th ranked defense to opposing QBs. But a lot of that came earlier in the season since week um, 11. They've had Oakland, Pittsburgh, the Jets, Cleveland and New England. And it's only been 19, 9, 9, 10, 13 uh, point uh, fantasy points that they've given up to the QB. Mm. And looking at Houston, bro, just like Houston is 30th, bro. So actually, it looks like uh, JMO has the, the better matchup, right? For statistics wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially because they've been bad recently. Right. Um, let me see. Let me find them. Yeah, 30th. Um, so 24 to Tennessee, 23 to Denver, 24 to New England. Um, there's a 13 in there and then a 31 to Baltimore since since their week 10 bye week. So my odds are of getting a 20 plus game from Winston are a little bit better than Fitzpatrick. So that's why I'm rolling with him. Okay. I like it. No, bro. It's just, you know what the the thing is yeah, too, I feel like because um, if you have them in both leagues, that's a, what if let's let's just say obviously um, if, if Fitz blows up, bro has a heck of a week and then you have him in one league and you're like damn bro i should have started him in the other one or he doesn't you know obviously it goes either way i'm just saying it was just a question looking at your lineup um that it's gonna be a game time decision it has to be but it looks like uh you're making the right call with Jameis, bro because you're right the upside on that dude the way he's been throwing the ball crazy 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 yeah i think um with the Fitzpatrick decision, I thought about starting him in both leagues, like you said, just in case he blows up on the beneficiary both. But since I have Winston there, which is a great option this week, and then Josh Allen in this other league, who the Patriots, of course, number one ranked defense to opposing QBs. Last week, they gave up two points. 
13 points, 6 points, 11 points. Uh, the only big game was against Deshaun Watson. And I don't want to bank on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, that's uh, that, that's not one to bank on, I don't think, at this point. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. So um, we'll keep the listeners informed. Hopefully I can come away with both titles this year. Real quick, you did say uh, you had a championship matchup in one league, didn't you? Yes, I did. So in um, a separate league that I played in, it was uh, the league where eight of ten teams. So it's very, it's I, I find it kind of ironic, dude, that um, so eight of ten teams make it. I ended up going five and eight in the regular season. Personally, <laughs> feel that um, I was worthy of making it. But hey, that's the league rules. I ended up being seven of eight, uh, seventh seed out of eight, and I have made it to the finals, bro. So um, I, I won two weeks. And one thing I will say um, that I feel pretty good about this last week, I ended up winning a high-scoring matchup, one sixty-nine to one fifty-two. Um, the the scoring is a little different in this league, so it is a little amplified. But we. Uh, nonetheless we we both put up points and the reason i won bro was literally my number one and number two picks julio jones and michael thomas bro they came (laughs) though i remember very clearly i think i was like eight picks something like that all the dope running backs were gone and i remember i went um i believe it was michael first and then julio um and dude they killed it. You know what I mean? They killed it this last week. Yeah, nice. And so I just felt, you know, that was dope, dude. 40 points for Julio, 32 for Michael Thomas. Um, and I was in the same boat kind of as you. I needed Michael Thomas to just score 16 points. I'm saying depending on Michael Thomas, that's how my uh, matchup was decided. He blew up, like I said, for 32. So I'm pretty happy with it, dude. I don't think I was worthy. The rules were there, and um, you know, it is what it is, bro. (laughs) So remember the Seattle Seahawks from back in the day, seven and nine. Yep. And because the rules are the way they are, they're like, yep, you're in the playoffs, and then they go beat the defending champs, New Orleans Saints. So I mean, hey, as long as you have that chance, right? Exactly, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I didn't, I didn't set this up, um, but. You know, we made it, and then, dude, I'm playing against the number five. So I also think it's funny. Five and seven are who's playing for the big money. Um, and in a way, let's say you play only the four top four teams in the league. Essentially, neither of us should have been in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So um, it is what it is, bro. I'm excited. Um, it should be a good matchup. And for my squad, dude, um, let's see. So Julio is questionable, but he seems to be every week. I got Michael Thomas. Edelman, that's where I'm a little uh, torn because uh, against he, he, the Bills, against the Bills, dude. As you said, I kind of see it the same way, bro. Of um, looking like a low-scoring matchup again, though. Edelman usually is the guy that plays the best. Um, obviously, on that receiving core for New England, yeah. so we'll see. I was gonna say he had a tough week last week, though. Exactly. No, dude. First time, yeah. First time that he's had um, a really tough week. So it's like. Do I start him? And then again, he's playing against the Bills who are literally playing for everything, bro. We, we'll get into that. But um, there's that one. I picked up Drew Locke, bro, because this is the league where you could play um, two quarterbacks if you uh, oh, nice. wish to do. And they're playing Detroit at home. 
Um, I don't know, dude. I think he, he should have a good game. I have AJ Brown on the bench, Bobby Woods on the bench. Um, so Ooh, I might I might step in uh, AJ Brown for Edelman. For Edelman? Oh, dude, that's exactly. <laughs> I literally that's the last decision I think that I have, bro. Um, to to I don't know, man. AJ Brown has been pretty consistent. I'd say what for at least for sure the last two weeks he's been crazy good. But I think he's been really good for like four or so. So um, with Tannehill. They're getting better and better chemistry going. And then the dude is just a beast. Like, he's a monster of a man on the football field. I agree, dude. He does not look like a young, the young player that he is. He He's out there pretty much bodying dudes. Um, And then I got Moster, Carson, and Kyler Murray, bro. So, um, nice. we'll see, man. We'll see. Like I said, it, it's going to be exciting. Kyler should have a good day. I think they're playing Seattle. Yep. I want to say they're playing Seattle. So, Seattle's beatable through the air. Um, and then Kyler, last week, he finally decided, like, hey, um, I'm one of the fastest QBs in the NFL, probably top three with Lamar Jackson. Um, I should start running. And he ran all over the Browns' defense. Exactly, dude. So that And that's what I like is uh, the potential of him on the ground. Gets mad points, too. He's, he's, <laughs> the little dude looks uh, like... Uh, what is it, Sonic the Hedgehog out there, bro? But he's putting it <laughs> yeah, work. he's so fast. <laughs> he saw his little legs, um, dude. He just goes off. Right. <laughs> so one quick question before, or I, I guess one quick thing before we move on to our NFL in review segment. Um, the Bills are fourth against opposing wide receivers against Baltimore. Uh, as we know, Baltimore has been basically lighting everyone up. They only gave up 14 fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Last week against Pittsburgh, they gave up 24. Um, They did give up 45 to Dallas, but as you know, uh, a lot of that, it came, you know, uh, later stages of the third and fourth quarter when the game was kind of in hand. Um, Five to Denver, five points to all of their wide receivers. So where I'm going with this is like, since you have Michael Thomas and Julio, who are probably going to provide great floors for you, I think you should start AJ Brown over Edelman. Um, Edelman always seems like the safer option. He's what number? Um, let's see here, number five in all, overall for mm-hmm. wide receivers. So it would be hard to actually bench him. But like, if you do, um, AJ Brown kind of provides that upside to. Uh, kind of uh compliment michael thomas and julio but i don't know it's a tough decision you're right you're right and new orleans dude they're ranked 24th um so 24th for receivers where's fourth for buffalo oh man yeah dude i'm gonna definitely think about it like i said that was no doubt the i think final decision that i had to make to to you know feel like my lineup is ready to go and um i picked up aj brown this week dude so for that exact reason so i'm really i'll I'll consider it i will let you know you know and everybody know how it is that that who i pick and of course we'll talk about the results um coming next week bro true that are you ready (laughs) to get into some nfl and review in the meantime yes sir bro let's do it let's do it So welcome back to the NFL in review. You ready to get us started with our first segment of the uh, little uh, of what we're talking about here for the NFL in review? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, we got to start off with best QBs of the week. 
So this was the third to last week of the season, week 15. Let's go with the first one, man. He did it again. He was on here last week. He's on here again. Jameis Winston, bro. Jameis Winston, as we said, he starts off always with his uh, customary INT. So he went 28 <laughs> for 42. Did start off with the INT on the first drive, but then he finished up with 458 yards, four touchdowns, and an 82.1 qbr bro so another week for Jameis. again gonna be a tough decision for you versus fitz magic but from the looks of it of the last two weeks he's on a roll bro so jamo makes it again number two the mvp of the nfl mr lamar jackson 15 for 23 212 yards you think ah that's what happens not that good five touchdowns chris five touchdowns no interceptions he also rushed for uh, eight rushes for 86 yards, 10.8 average. The homie was getting a first down every time he ran. Oh, yeah. And he had a 97.7 QBR, bro. One, of a, one through 100, 97.7 for the MVP, Mr. Lamar Jackson. And finish off with number three um, best QBs of this week, Drew Brees, the homeboy. So first of all, I want to give mad love to Drew Brees for breaking the um, all-time touchdowns record in the NFL held by previously held by Mr. Peyton Manning at 539. Breeze is now at 540 and counting. So he's balling and he went 29 for 30. That's right, 29 for 30, 307 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he also posted a 97.0 QBR, bro. So Breeze was nearly perfect. And he didn't rush. He was just through the air. So that rounds out our top three QBs, Chris. Take us, bro, to the worst QBs. I have a few notes real quick. Um, it's crazy how efficient the Ravens are. <laughs> Excuse me. So um, Lamar Jackson completes 15 passes and five of them are for touchdowns. <laughs> that just goes to show how good their rushing attack is. To where like every fifth uh pass he's throwing is in the red zone agreed uh, yeah they're, they're always there yeah dude he doesn't have to do that much right to to, to be getting his, his scores exactly so like run 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 uh the ball all the way down the field and then throw a touchdown one for one that drive with the touchdown <laughs> kind of funny and then drew Brees. um I don't know how we had a 97 QBR and Lamar Jackson had a 97.7. I don't understand fully how that's calculated because um, Drew Brees only had one incompletion and four touchdowns, even though Lamar had five. But, like, Drew Brees was a really good, like, literally perfect. He was literally perfect. And um, Lamar Jackson was excellent as well, but, like, that's just interesting that Lamar had a slightly higher QBR, maybe because of the rushing. I, don't know. I agree. Yeah, I, I was going to say that has to be um, the difference, dude, because he did rush for 86 yards. So if you think, and again, a 10.8 average, um, if you think about it, dude, that for a running back, again, that would be super dope. You know what I mean? That, that would be a really good week, except he did that and he threw five touchdowns. That could be the only explanation. Um, but I also would like to uh, look into more of the QBR, how it's calculated, because they say that, you know, from 1 to 100, that's the best um, overall rating of the impact that QB has. But great points. And, dude, Brees could literally almost not have been 
better. Uh, it was just one incompletion. So. Yeah. Um, we, in the offseason, we should talk about, like, Drew Brees versus Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning because we probably grew up in the greatest quarterback era in the NFL. Um, these three could possibly go down as top four or top five QBs of all time. I completely agree, and I think we will definitely do that, dude, because you're right. We are witnessing the tail end of two of them. We obviously already saw the end of Peyton, but um, once the history books go down, dude, they will be they'll be top five without a doubt, all three of them easily. You know what I mean? So for yeah. sure, dude, I like that. Okay, and uh, not in the top five of all time. Here's some of the worst QBs of the week. Andy Dalton. 17 for 31, 151 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions, a 9.5 QBR. So we were texting a little bit um, in the morning, I believe, and we were like, how about this Bengals-Patriots game? Um, the Bengals were playing them tough for like a quarter and a half until the Patriots, um, their film prep kicked in, and, you know, the Bengals sidelines from the week before. And they're like, oh, yeah, Dalton's about to throw the out route here. Let me pick it off and take it to the house. And then they just kept doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they were looking so good. And then they went back to being the Bengals. <laughs> yep, exactly. And then next up, we got Philip Rivers. Um, he seems like he's on here almost every week. He was 28 for 39, so not bad. Not a bad completion percentage. Uh, 307 yards one touchdown he had three interceptions though and one fumble it was weird this game got out of hand in a hurry it was like it was you know nine or ten to nine the chargers are winning at one point um after that mike williams touchdown and then all of a sudden you look again and it's 32 to 10 because of all the uh turnovers from rivers so that's why he's on here even though he was a better passer than these guys Next up, we got um, Devlin Hodges. He was throwing ducks out there against the Buffalo defense. Um, 202 yards passing, one touchdown, and he had four interceptions. Um, 10.6 QBR, not good, not good at all. At this point, the Steelers, it doesn't matter who they start between Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. Their offense is just atrocious. Um, I really hope they don't make the playoffs because uh, that's not, it's going to be ugly against the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I agree. Because if you want to finish up, and then I got something about uh, Devlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, there was such bad QB play that I had to include a fourth one here. And this is my Sam Darnold of the week, or should I say my Kyle Allen of the week. Carolina QB, Kyle Allen. Yeah, he was 25 for 41, 277, and a touchdown. But he also had three interceptions. They all came kind of in a row in the second half. Um, it's, it is the reason the game got out of hand until they're like, oh, yeah, we should start using Christian McCaffrey more. And then they made a game of it at the end. But um, Kyle Allen, there's a reason why he's being benched for a third-round rookie with two games to go in the season. Agree, bro. Agree. I like all those. Um, they were very, very terrible. You're right. Uh, the Chargers didn't score a single point in the second half. Just wanted to point that out. Um, for Philip Rivers, his stats may say 307 yards, but they did jack. Um, and for Devlin, dude, I just want to say the last play of the game. I don't know if you watched it on Sunday night. I think that showed exactly who he is. The dude rolled out to his left. And he underthrew the hell out of the football yeah. to a point where it wasn't even like 
catchable. You know what I mean? Like he didn't even give his guy a shot. And it's like, dude, if you're going to roll out to your left, you're obviously not Peyton Manning with your arm. Like, bro, you got to chuck it. You got to give your guy a shot. So it was just like, and, and they still had a shot to win, at least tie the game and then go into overtime at that point, which just kind of goes to show, like you said, dude, their offense is so terrible that it's going to be tough in the playoffs if they do make it. <laughs> Yeah, their defense will keep them in any game for sure, but like the like against the Chiefs, maybe not. <laughs> so um, I'm hoping the Titans make it instead. But anyways, you want to talk about best running backs of the week? Yep, let's go. Uh, start off with number one, this guy. Oh, I regret not getting him. Run CMC, Christian McCaffrey. What a baller! He did it again. And Chris, actually, I was thinking, dude. In your league, you're in the finals, and I don't think you would have been in the finals if I would have drafted Christian McCaffrey. Just saying, you would have had Camara, <laughs> and it would have been a completely different year. Good for you. I'm just, I just wanted to point that out. So, 19 fair, carries, fair. 19 <laughs> carries for 87 yards. That's a 4.6 average. Two touchdowns on the ground, and he also added eight receptions for 88 yards. The dude is gonna eclipse 100 receptions for the year i feel pretty confident on that and he is absolutely killing it so run cmc makes it once again onto this list number two miles sanders miles sanders from philly hasn't been on here much but he had a heck of a week 19 carries for 122 yards that's 6.4 uh, average one touchdown on the ground and a long of 56 and he also added six receptions for 50 yards and another touchdown through the air so miles sanders Heck of a week. Let's see. I hope he cannot keep it up this upcoming week. Number three, <laughs> Kenyon Drake. Man, Kenyon Drake came into Arizona, was picked up. David Johnson, who is that, they say now. So Kenyon Drake, 22 carries for 137 yards, 6.2 average, one reception for nine yards. All right, decent. Oh, yeah, four touchdowns on the ground, Chris. <gasps> four touchdowns. Whoever had Drake in fantasy whether it was your semi or your final absolutely crushed it kenny drake and i just want to uh point out this week dude zeke ezekiel elliott saquon barkley chris carson and mark ingram all of them also had two touchdowns in really great games i just added these three because for the most part they did it through the air and through the ground or they had four touchdowns like drake so that rounds out our best running backs for week 15 bro that there was a lot of great running back performances um like you said you had three insane ones you had to know about four other ones who were really good as well and then even joe mixon had yep. 137 yards on the ground against the patriots correct i was a good call bro he had a heck of a week he would have probably made it on here and, but dude there was like seven guys still ahead of him so <laughs> basically half the league was just running all over <laughs> their opponents agreed <laughs> um so I was going to say about um, Kenyon Drake, one thing I wanted to know is like, it seems like when offensive players get away from Adam Gase, uh, former head coach of the Dolphins, now head coach of the Jets, they, they explode. Kenyon Drake has been great for the Cardinals since they picked him up way better than David Johnson was. Um, and then, you know, what happened with Tannehill after he left Miami to Tennessee now? <laughs> He's having True. a career resurgence. He's going to get paid. He's He has a good situation going now. And then Devontae Parker, um, he stayed in Miami as Adam Gay split. 
And uh, now he got a contract extension as well, and he's having the best season of his career. So if you get away from Adam Gase, you're probably going to have the best season of your career the next year. (laughs) That's a good point, bro. Players got to start focusing on that. Yeah, so um, if Adam Gase ever gets fired from the Jets, go ahead and scoop up Lev Bell or if he's still there or Sam Darnold or uh, Robbie Anderson. I'm calling it now. <laughs> um, but anyways, talk, talking about worst coaches of the uh, in the NFL, we'll talk worst running backs of the week. Start off with Leonard Fournette. He had a really juicy matchup against the Oakland Raiders defense, and he struggled mightily. He had 15 carries for 42 yards. That's only a 2.8 average. He added five receptions for 31 yards, so most of those were just little dump-off passes that he would take, you know, five, six yards. It was nothing special. Um, It was just uh, fantasy owners who were uh, hoping Fournette had a big week against the Raiders were very disappointed. Next up, we had David Montgomery. Another tougher week for David Montgomery. 14 (laughs) carries for 39 yards. He had an even worse uh, average at 2.79. Um, his long was eight yards, and then he had a one catch for 10 yards. It's been a big time struggle for the most part for Montgomery. Um, some of that offensive line, some of that coaching, and some of that, um, he hasn't looked great a lot. And then I also had to add four running backs to the list because even <laughs> though there was a lot of really good ones, there were some bad ones as well. So we'll start with Todd Gurley. He had 11 carries for 20 yards. My boy only had one, uh, 1.82 average. Y'all dominated our offensive line, and I give you guys kudos for that. He had he uh, chipped in for three receptions for 18 yards. He had two total touchdowns, but one of them came at garbage time. So um, maybe that only counts for like a half touchdown, like one and a half touchdown. But it just he didn't do anything on the ground or through the air. He just kind of had those touchdowns to say fantasy days. So I don't really count that. Um, and then finally, my Sam Darnold in the running back position, Marlon Mack, he was even worse than all three of these guys. 11 carries, 19 yards a 1.72 average gross and he wasn't targeted a single time in the passing game the Colts got blown out in a hurry and Marlon Mack did not help their case (laughs) definitely bro I like how you you had to add four seems like it was a very high high week for running backs and like you said also a low week for a few of these running backs so we had to throw everything with them dude so now um moving on to the wide receivers again it was uh pretty tough there were some wide receivers that um balled out that were not didn't make the list um i feel two of them are for sure so the one that i decided on chris was that thursday night matchup as we were recording last week we heard jamison crowder drop possibly the easiest nfl catch of his life (laughs) um but then right after came back and made a very very difficult catch to redeem himself so i put him on here he had six receptions for 90 yards um that's a 15 average per reception and he added two touchdowns so jameson crowder ended up having a really good week and uh for fantasy purposes as well obviously he did really well number two we're gonna go with michael thomas michael thomas as i mentioned he saved me in fantasy the dude man he he surpassed the average that he needs to break the record per game so he went 12 receptions 
for 128 yards. That's a 10.7 average. And he also added that touchdown, one of those touchdowns from Drew Brees to get him closer to the record. And then number three, Mr. Julio Jones, the guy who has struggled to score touchdowns, bro, but this week was different. 13 receptions for 134 yards, 10.3 average. He added two touchdowns, and not to mention, he added the game-winning touchdown against the San Francisco. (laughs) Very wild, bro. The ball, literally, if, if you saw that, I think it was like two inches that that it crossed over um the goal line they had to review it with like one second left and he beat the niners dude which may end up being a costly loss for the niners um at the you know once the season ends so julio with that game winner and again two touchdowns he hasn't had another great year of touchdowns so we'll see but that rounds out our best receivers for week 15. I was going to say about Michael Thomas, he had a 100% catch rate this week, so he caught all 12 uh, of the passes Drew Brees threw his way. He only needs 11 more in two games to break Marvin Harrison's record, which at this pace, he's going to break it by like 15. Um, And then Julio, yeah, that was kind of crazy. That was kind of a costly victory, like you said, too, with the Niners. They'd be in the driver's seat right now for not only the NFC West, but the the number one seat as well. Now, um, they can still win out um, and take the the one seat, but um, now... It's it's the Rams, which I mean, I guess that's not that's not that big of a deal, unfortunately. But and then they got Seattle the week after that, and that's going to be wild. So we'll we'll keep the listeners updated on that. Exactly. And real sorry, Chris. Before we move on, dude, the Rams, even though it looks their their personal chances are slim, they can mess it up for a division rival. So the Niners True. really screwed up with the easy. Got a chip on their shoulder. Exactly, dude. And, and just say, hey, sorry, San Fran. Instead of being number one throughout the whole thing, uh, you're gonna be number five or number six. So you could uh have to play, you know, wherever it is that you gotta go travel to. So yeah, they still have at be least. On the road. <laughs> yeah, dude. They still have something to battle for at least for pride and and screw screw up a division rival, bro. So sorry. Let's continue with the uh, worst wide receivers. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's a good transition talking about the Rams and worst wide receivers of the week. Number one, Robert Woods. He had four catches uh, on nine targets. That's a 44% catch rate. Gross. Uh, you just heard Michael Thomas 100% um, for only 17 yards. So it was a bad day for Robert Woods. It seemed like even in garbage time when the game was already out of hand, the Rams were just looking the way of like Tyler Higby and uh cooper cup and robert woods it was just a lost week after two really good ones number two this one's kind of interesting to me um you guys dominated but um amari cooper one reception for 19 yards on two targets did you did you kind of uh take note of like the way um dak threw the ball as compared to like how you guys ran the ball in, in what sense, Chris, would you say? Weird, because right? we didn't focus. Yeah, no. Well, dude, the thing that I noticed was I guess he was really targeting. To, <laughs> it, yeah, uh, no, because we didn't need to. But, dude, there was those plays. Like, for example, the huge play to Tavon Austin. That is not a play that usually happens, you know, week after week. That was a huge touchdown that maybe in another case could have gone to um, Amari. But it seemed like he was targeting the other dudes that don't get targeted. You know, it seemed like that was the game plan. Really? Pollard. But Witten, huge first half. Uh, overall, the game was good. 
uh, Tony Pollard, obviously he ran on the ground a lot, but he was also in the passing game a little. So it seemed, yeah, I agree, a little bit of a um, unorthodox, um, you know, game plan for the Cowboys. But as you said, dude, we didn't really need to involve yeah. Amari, so it, it's all good. I think, and I think uh, Ramsey was shadowing him too, wasn't he? From yeah, what I was. noticed. So uh, I feel like they're like, all right, dude, you know what? Let Ramsey take care of Amari, and no we'll, we'll just, just run it down. <laughs> exactly, dude. We'll just run it down their throat and just uh, dominate the rest of this game. So. <laughs> Exactly. So it's weird because, like, um, it's unorthodox. So if you, if you, um, if I told you the Cowboys scored 44 points, um, and then I also told you Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Randall Cobb combined for three receptions for 22 yards, which one would? Would you believe both of those cases there? No, exactly. Be like, uh, is this the same week or what are you talking about here? Because that does not make sense. And you are totally right, dude. That's the way it went. Dude, Blake Jarwin uh, had had a good game as well. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. The, 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 like you said, the Tavon play. It's just so... I had to Very different. That there. <laughs> yeah, but then, bro, Pollard, 131 on the ground. Zeke, 117 on the ground. So, um, yeah. yeah, dude, it was just a domination in uh, in the other aspects of the game. People Which we were going to get into, bro. We, 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 I was going to talk a little bit about it. <laughs> I, but thought, we already... I thought we already got it. No worries. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you start attacker, Amari kind of hurts you. Uh, next up, we got Julian Edelman. He had two receptions on nine target or on five targets, 40% catch rate for only nine yards. So that hurt as well. And then uh, my fourth one was the 49ers wide receiver core in general. Um, Debo Samuel, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and Kendrick Bourne combined for four catches for 49 yards on nine targets. This was the wide receiver core for the Niners. Um, Kittle basically had every single reception for the for that team last week, and you'll get into him here in a sec. But I just had to include that whole receiving core as well because that was a weird game too. It, dude, I'm just pissed that Emmanuel Sanders played so garbage this week, but last week he had the game of his life <laughs> and I lost. So that's all I could see it's here. It's like, what the hell, dude? Yeah, he couldn't have this game one week earlier, but <laughs> all right, bro. We'll move on to um, finish up week 15 with best tight ends of the week. So we'll start off with who you mentioned in that uh, Cowboys-Rams matchup, Tyler Higby. Um, he had a really good game, whoever had him, 12 receptions for 111 yards, so 9.3 average. He was, I would say, um, without a doubt, the best um, receiver for the Rams. Um, so, another, you know, another good week for Higby, and it seems like he is got one of Goff's favorite targets moving forward. Um, and then you got George Kittle, number two man Kittle. As you said, he had another big week, 13 receptions for 134 yards. 10.3 average so dude Kittle has been almost automatic even though Jimmy G didn't really have that good of a week uh Kittle still did his work and then number three Zeus Mr. Travis Kelsey with 11 receptions for 142 yards 12.9 average and I also want to point out that he became the first tight end in NFL history with four straight seasons of a thousand receiving yards or more so um it was it was a wild game, a uh, bunch of snow. In the snow. <laughs> yup, bunch of snow. But Kelsey still got it done with those eleven for one forty-two, dude. So, um, three guys that didn't score touchdowns, but they were really really active in the passing game. So that rounds out our best tight ends, brother. Finish us off with the worst of week fifteen. 
So we'll start off with Austin Hooper, who's on here for back-to-back weeks after he came back from injury. Three receptions on six targets for only 20 yards, long of nine, which is um, very disappointing considering Julio had 13 for 134 and two touchdowns. Uh, Next up, we got Hunter Henry, who's been really, really uh, tough to watch these last few weeks as well. Probably has something to do with Rivers. But um, two receptions, he only had two targets for 29 yards. Um, It was the Keenan Allen and Mike Williams show, as well as, I guess, Eckler, too. Um, Three tough weeks for Hunter Henry. And then finally, Jack Doyle, 221 on five targets, a 40% catch rate. He did his best to not help out Indianapolis either. Um, Just all-around tough day for Indy. And it looks like their playoff chances evaporated with that uh, lackluster performance. And speaking of playoff chances, let's talk. You want ready to spend a few minutes on a playoff update? Definitely, man. This is getting interesting, bro. Let's start it up. So we'll start in the NFC. Number one, we got Seattle right now at 11 and three. Number two, we got Green Bay at 11 and three. So if the season ended today, those two teams would have the bye weeks. Number three is the New Orleans Saints at 11 and three. Uh, number four, Dallas at seven and seven. <laughs> the Cowboys would have a home game against the Niners at 11 and three, five seed as well. Like you said, costly, costly loss for the Niners, dropping from one to five. Um, number six is the Minnesota Vikings at 10 and four. And I guess I have to mention the Rams since we're technically not out yet. Um, at eight and six, but I think I saw our ESPN uh, Pro Football uh, Index rating. We have like a two percent chance of making the playoffs, which sounds about right. <laughs> so give give me some thoughts about the NFC. Well, first thing, dude, is this last week definitely changed a lot. I actually want to start off with Cowboys Rams, baby. <laughs> Let's go now. So uh, I want to say. It. That's a tough matchup, tough for for the Rams, dude. I just want to point out that Dallas seems like they finally put together, dude, a game that literally I I really feel if the Cowboys play that style of of football in that way, dude, they could beat anyone. I don't get, I don't care. 11, they could finish 12 and 4, 13, whatever it is, dude. I really feel um, that that game was dominated in you know on the line our line was just straight up owning dude the rams um d line there wasn't even a mention bro of aaron donald uh throughout the game which i think was very telling of how it went and then our defense dude sean lee had great um you know a great performance um big time with the sack with the interception and i just think um that the cowboys if they could put it together for two weeks in a row bro against philly this week obviously we'll clinch the the division it's gonna be um you know a home game for us that's where i think dude now the momentum will start let's see dallas can have a great week like they did last week and they can just play a dud of a game this week and i wouldn't be shocked i don't think anyone would so i'm still not you know super confident let's see them do it again and clinch the division then we'll be talking as for the rest of the uh teams dude minnesota has a huge matchup against green bay on monday night and you know obviously it seems that minnesota is playing for a little bit more because 
they get that 11th win, I believe that automatically eliminates that. That will set up all six teams, correct? Yeah. All six teams will be um, in, and then it'll be just depend on seeding. So my thing is this, Chris, and I want to ask you, who do you see being the most dangerous team right now? I'll start. I'll, I'll let you think a little bit about it. I want to say that the Saints still, I just think Breeze is playing at a level still. His completion percentage is on the way to break the single season record set by himself so he's just gonna break his own record again um, for like the third straight year <laughs> exactly dude he's just i don't know what the hell he's getting closer to 40 and he's just getting better so i'm not sure what he's doing um and i truly think dude that seattle with the experience that they have um especially more more than anything russ dude i would say that i i would try to avoid them in the first round um if you're the cowboys i would like to play either san fran or Minnesota, I truly believe we can beat either of those teams. So, meaning San Fran and Minnesota, in my eyes, are the two weaker teams of the of the other five. What do you think? How do you see it? So, I, I, I uh, flip-flop with you in terms of the NFC West uh, playoff teams. I see Seattle is a little weaker than San Fran, I think. But, I mean, San Fran, uh, they get a peg down in my eyes if they're not winning the division and they're going on the road. And wild card weekend um it's gonna be big to see who has home field but i just think seattle um at 11 and 3 they've like we've talked about on previous shows they've had really uh i would say lucky wins um they've had like two or three really lucky wins i think um they'll definitely win against the cardinals this coming week but then i think the niners will take them down to win the nfc west the following week it should be interesting to see what happens there. And then I still like Green Bay. Remember, I told you Green Bay would win that one seed. Um, yes. If if they win, if they win this week against um, the Vikings, they win the division. They'll be twelve and three. And then they, ha- I think they have uh, their own destiny here. Like in week seventeen, uh, to lock up at least a two seed. I know they lost to the Niners, so if the Niners went out, they cannot win the one seed. But then again, uh, neither neither can the Saints if the Niners went out too. So a lot of writing on that Niners-Rams game, uh, the least of which is, you know, the Rams still have to win two and the Vikings have to lose both for the Rams to get in. Um, right. So that, I mean, I don't, I don't have too much confidence in a game in San Francisco. We know the Rams are terrible on the road. Goff, Goff is a decent QB at home. Uh, for some reason, uh, he gets he gets phased by opposing crowds or something. I don't know what <laughs> what happens. His routine is different. Uh, who, whatever happens, uh, we are a much better team at home. So I, I'm going to win that game against the Niners. It's a lot riding on that game. Uh, like I said, it should be interesting. But you ready to... Uh, before we switch to the AFC, I do got to give you guys some love. Um, seven and seven, uh, the Rams were the first team that you guys took down over 500. But you've got you've played a lot of tough teams. You have that experience. Um, you just kind of have to turn the corner. Maybe you guys did this week in like closing those games out because I know the the Vikings game, uh, really good game, <clears throat> um, and then. Uh, don't underestimate like the home playoff uh, 
atmosphere like you were talking about a couple weeks ago when you said the Cowboys will take down whoever in the wild card weekend. I just think, well, if it's the Niners or the Seahawks, they can't underestimate y'all. That's what I have to say here. I appreciate that, bro. And yeah, and I now that you mentioned that, dude, the, when you were saying we played some tough teams, dude, just real quick before we move on to the AFC, dude, we lost to the Saints by two. The Packers, 10. Jets, that was horrible. There's absolutely no excuse there. We'll, we'll skip over that. But Vikings, four. <laughs> Patriots, four. Bills, 11. Bears, seven. So it's not like we've gotten absolutely torched by these good teams. Like you said, we just, just haven't been able to turn the corner and actually finish a game um, on exactly. both sides. You know, on both sides. Dude, Saints, you, they put up 12 against you. I'd say that you can't expect much better, but you only put up 10. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, for Patriots, bro, they only put up 13. You only put up nine. So things like that, bro. And I agree, man, at home. I really, I'm telling you, I've been saying it. I We just got to win this week. Close up. That's first things first. Close up the division. We have a home game. We're not moving from our position because of our record. So um, let's see. Let's see, bro. Let's see how it goes. But I appreciate you showing love. And the Rams are still not dead. Like I said, bro, they can at least affect the Niners and affect that um, playoff race. So we'll see what's up um, in the NFC. Now let's go to the AFC real quick, bro, where we have also, um, it seems like a pretty tough, dude. So it goes Baltimore at 12 and two, New England 11 and three, uh, Kansas City Chiefs 10 and four, the Texans nine and five, and then the five and six are right now the Buffalo Bills at 10 and four. And you have the Steelers as of right now, eight and six. And that's because they win the tiebreaker over Tennessee. Tennessee is also eight and six, but they're on the outside looking in based on um, win percentage in conference games. So, Chris, what do you see going on here, bro? We know, first of all, there is an absolutely behemoth of a matchup this week. The Buffalo Bills are traveling to Foxborough to play the Pats. The winner of that will take the clear well if it's the pats they'll go to 12 and 3 and they'll have a two-game lead on buffalo they clinch the division but if the bills win they will go into number one how do you see this going bro what's good in the afc and what's good with that matchup so um it looks like the ravens will lock up the one seed they're playing the browns this week um they'll go for they'll likely go to 13 and 2 but i, I guess they, then again the browns are the last team to beat them back all the way back in week four so I'm about 97% sure. We'll give the Browns a 3% chance. Does that sound good? <laughs> I like that, bro. I think that's about fair. <laughs> um, and then that big matchup, the Patriots and the Bills. So the Patriots will win the division if they win. If the Bills win, unfortunately, that doesn't change the uh, outlook of the AFC East because, unfortunately, I believe it is... Uh, They'll both be 11 and four if the Bills win. They'll both have a four and one division record. They'll both be one and one against each other. So the tiebreaker after that is um, win percentage in similar games. Um, that's like the third or fourth tiebreaker there. Mm. I did some I did some digging here because I was curious. And the, since the Bills lost to the Browns in about midway through the season and the Patriots beat them, that'll be the difference. Um, and then the Patriots, you know, they have the Dolphins in Week 17, and the Bills have the Jets. So I don't, I likely don't see either team losing. And uh, unfortunately, so that means the Bills wouldn't win the division, even with a win, unless my Fitz Magic, you know, has a little left in the tank. But anyways, um, 
that would be nice though to see the Bills take down the Patriots and the Chiefs win, which would which would actually flip flop the Patriots and the Chiefs. The Chiefs would go to the second seed. Patriots would actually be playing on Wild Card Weekend for the first time in like six or seven years. Um, and I mean, the Patriots at that point would either be playing the Texans, the Titans, or the Steelers. So that's not a gimme either, considering the Patriots got beat down by the Texans the last time they played. Very true. And you make a great point, bro. I thought that the next um, tiebreaker was the conference record because the uh, but it's a co- record in common games, right? Because the conference record would then go eight and three for the Bills, seven and four for the Patriots. Um, and yeah, then they the- would obviously both be 11 and four, the same record in the uh, division and all of that. So the, the next rec- the next tiebreaker is then record in common games, correct? Yeah, for the division, it's record in common games. Um, for the just the conference seating, when it's not a division uh, matchup, it's it's reversed. So those two are the Ooh. last two tiebreakers. Um, the conference game is the third tiebreaker to use when it's conference, and then uh, the third t- and then fourth is the common opponents, and then it flips for the division. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and it's that's kind of complicated. <laughs> no, but what, that's a great distinction, bro, because I was talking um, with one of my boys, my boy Jared, actually, this week about the Cowboys uh, losing to Philly this week. We would, if if we lose and then we win the next, the last week, we would both finish eight and eight, uh, assuming the Eagles win both. And then, no, 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 lose in the end. So, let's say they both finish eight and eight. But I didn't know what the tiebreaker was because everything would be the same, bro, from conference record, division record, all that. And we were saying that maybe points scored would be the, the tiebreaker, but actually record in common games. And I didn't look into that. So I think Philly would win that, but I would have to go back and check. But great distinction, bro. So the Bills, sorry, staying with the AFC, do you think then that, I mean, their chance of winning the division is kind of slim at this point, right? Yeah, I guess it's not the same Miami team that the Patriots blew out in the first month of the season. Um, And then the Patriots aren't the same team that people thought they were. So, I mean, it could also just be, like, even if it doesn't decide the division, it could be a statement win win for the Bills. Um, Like, they're like, hey, we're legit this year. We took down the Patriots. Um, We gave the Ravens all they can handle. I remember that game. They were in the red zone. Um, they just couldn't convert on a fourth down with under two minutes to go. Um, and then they would be playing like the Texans. And I think the Bills would beat the Texans, even if they don't win the division. That would be a good matchup for them, I think. Yeah. What do you I, think? I, no, Texans, I, I, Bills, who wins that one? I would say the Bills, dude. I actually agree with you. Especially, I mean, even if they have to travel to Houston, I think the Bills' defense is very tough. And we know that Houston, I think, could be, again, they're a boomer bust team. You know, they could have a heck of a week, right. or they could just get worked. Um, and, and they then, got worked. Um, yeah. I can say they got worked in Houston by Drew Locke. Um, so Correct. It's, they're not, it's weird. They're a weird yeah. team. They're a very weird team week in and week out, dude. And then an uh, important thing that you mentioned, a win for the Bills, even if it doesn't, you know, win the division, let's say this week or whatever it may be. Dude, the confidence of saying we battled them to the first time and should have beat them. And then the second time we went on the road and beat the Pats, like they're going to be swagged out either way. You know what I mean? Feeling good about themselves. So um, I can't really I can't really hate on the W. It's still very important. But 
I thought they, they were going to go into first. Again, you clarified the, the way that the tiebreaker works within the division. So we'll see what happens, bro. Either way, it's going to be a good, it, it should be a good matchup um, on Saturday. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. I'm pretty pumped for that game. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you before we move on to our predictions, let's say the Titans and Texans both win or they both lose. Um, it would set up a matchup in the week 17, I believe. Uh, let's see. I think For they the would division, have a, right? Maybe. Um, I haven't looked into this too much, like their tiebreakers. Um, but let's. who wins that matchup in week 17 if the both teams have something to play for, the Texans and the Titans? Because it could be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs if the Steelers win this coming week. Very true. Yeah, so they would technically be paying for, for the listeners. They would be playing for the division title, but also the only playoff berth from the division if the if the Pittsburgh Steelers um, end up winning out, correct? Yeah, so the more the more I look at it, um, actually the Titans need to win and the Bills, or not the Bills, the Texans need to lose because the Titans are two and three in the division. They, you know, they had Mariota for half of them, so who can blame them? Um, and the Texans are four and one. Mm. So even if the Titans beat the Texans, they'll lose in the divisional record tiebreaker. So, I mean, the Texans are playing the Bucks. The Titans are playing the uh, the Saints. Um, two tough matchups. I think the Titans have it a little tougher. But uh, if the Steelers win against the Jets, um, they'll be playing the Ravens in Week 17. And the Ravens uh, will have the number one seed locked up. So they already said they're not going to play a lot of their guys. So it could be Steelers by default in that sixth seed. Exactly. That's interesting, dude. That actually the Ravens ending up being so good and not having anything to really play Let's go for Jets. <laughs> in week 17. Yeah, right? Oh, man. Okay, so to answer your question, dude, if it did come down to that last game, it is in Houston. Um, damn, dude. I it, was was a, it was a good matchup this last week. That, it that was. Play, that play was kind of the decider where the t- Titans are about to score and then all of a sudden the, the Texans score. That was kind of the deciding factor for me, but it, I mean, it was a tough matchup. No, I agree, dude. And obviously, a result of 24 21. I would have to side, dude, with Deshaun Watson um, and DeAndre Hopkins at home, bro. I think obviously the crowd would be super litty. Um, I'm not. I'm not a big fan, dude, still of Tannehill. I don't know why. I mean, uh, I, I just don't really have as much faith. Again, it is important to know Houston did get worked by the Broncos about three weeks ago in Houston. So I'm not saying by any means that uh, being in Houston is like a, you know, a, a lock or anything like that. But I would have lock. the faith. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go, dude. It's not a Drew lock for, for a W, right? But um, uh, I, I would I favor Houston, I'd say maybe like, let's say 55-45 for Houston to win uh, that game and therefore win the division. What about you? Are you the same or are you a Tannehill believer? I know you're an AJ Brown, aka AJ Crown believer, but what would you take in that last game? I'm a really big believer in the Titans. I, uh, You'll see here in a, in a little bit, a little spoiler alert, I might uh, I might surprise you with a pick. But okay. Um, I, I really like the Tannehill-AJ Brown combo. Um, Johnu Smith, he's a good tight end. 
Derrick Henry is a beast, of course. Um, I just think they kind of got screwed by their own receiver last week. Otherwise, this would be in reverse that we're talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. It should be interesting. But um, speaking of predictions, you ready to talk some Week 16 predictions? Yes, sir. Let's get into Week 16, bro. Let's do it. So here we go, another week of NFL predictions. We are starting up week 16, second to last week of the year. Before we give our predictions, let's give you guys an update of our weekly pick'em. So for last week, it was um, a tough week to pick, but it went pretty good for both. Oh, Chris man. went. <laughs> Chris went. I didn't know you went that well. Chris went nine and seven, and then I went thirteen and three. The overall score, Chris was gaining some some traction I in the last three, yeah, <laughs> about three weeks, dude. You were coming up, you were on me. Um, but then now the total score is Chris at 127 and I am at 139. So um, it, I think I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say it, it's it's a a sealed deal just yet. So let's see what our predictions are for this week. Chris Chris said he had at least one kind of surprise pick. So, Chris, let's get into it, bro. You ready to roll? Yeah, yeah, nice nice week, by the way. I know for sure two of them. Uh, one was our uh, Dallas Rams game, and then another was the Texans-Titans. I believe you took the Texans, but yeah, nice uh, week on 13-3. and three. Thanks, but... bro, yeah, it went good. It went good. I'm trying to repeat, bro. <laughs> I'm going 16 and all these next two weeks, just so you know. <laughs> I believe it, dude. And then I lose right at the end by like one pitch. <laughs> I just come in clutch at the end. Just kidding. <laughs> so, all right. Um, we got some Saturday football this week. Um, we got three games on Saturday. First up, we got the Texans and the Buccaneers. Houston traveling into Tampa. Houston is a three-point road favorite. Who you got in this one? Yes, sir. Saturday football, dude. They, we got three big games. I'm going to start off on this one with the Texans. I do think the Texans um, will get it done. You don't know. J-Mo could go off and the Bucks could win. But I got the Texans to cover. Should be about a touchdown difference for me. What about you? Um, I'm actually going with Tampa in this one. I'm going with famous Jameis. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. I want them to have a winning season so Jameis can come back to Tampa next next year because I think he's going to be a top three fantasy QB next year. Um, next up, we got the Bills, that, like we talked about, heading into Foxborough to take on the Patriots. This could be the changing of the guard, but Vegas doesn't think so. New England is a six-and-a-half-point home favorite. Who you got in this one? Well, you took the words out of my mouth, dude. I think... This will be the introduction of the changing of the guard. I am going with those Buffalo Bills that my boy Chris picked from the beginning of the year um, to make the playoffs at the very least. He did not pick them for the division, but I'm going with the Bills. So the spread obviously doesn't matter. Upset Bills. It will be a battle for that division. What do you think? Same? I'm going with the Bills as well. Like I told you, um, I I don't remember if it was Sunday night or Monday morning. Um, assuming that a miracle doesn't happen and the Rams don't make the playoffs, I think I'm going to root for the Bills in the playoffs. So I'm hoping I'm hoping they take down the Patriots here. Fair enough, um, bro. You sorry, you deserve <laughs> that one, bro. You called that, so no, no, appreciate no, that. Yeah, no criticism from here. <laughs> um, speaking of those Rams, 
Their playoff line, their playoff hopes are on the line in Santa Clara. They're taking on the Niners. The Niners are six and a half point home favorite. Who you got in this one? Ah, man, I got to go back to what you said earlier about your boy Goff, dude. On the road, the guy, I don't know if uh, he misses sleeping in his bed or what the heck's up with him, dude. But I have to go with the Niners here, dude. I don't think they cover. I think it will be a battle. I'd say maybe even a field goal of a difference. But I got to go with the Niners winning this one. What do you think? I'm going to agree with you, unfortunately. Wow. As well. I took a page out of your book when you took the Patriots in Foxborough to beat the Cowboys. I just, I, there's no way for me to justify taking the Rams here other than I'm a Rams fan. Um, I hope I'm wrong, though. I would rather be wrong here than correct and see the Rams at least have a chance in Week 17. But on the road against the Niners who have uh, their who have like their way uh, like if they win the next two they win the division and the number one seed mm-hmm. uh, I'll have to take the Niners uh, wow and- <laughs> sorry I gotta say this bro this may be the first time I've ever heard you go against one of your squads um on a pick bro I think so I just want to say mad respect because I think it, it is the wise choice and of course as a fan like you said you hope you're wrong but I think you know if we're, we're calling the games here you're you're making the right call I think so just just respect yeah, on that even, bro <laughs> even when the Rams were trash in the late 2000s <laughs> early 2010s I would always take the Rams because you know what <laughs> yeah. um but like I'm just kind of demoralized after you guys uh, <laughs> took it to us <laughs> The and boys like, did it, bro. The boys did it. <laughs> and I was like, he's he's gonna he's gonna poke a little fun on the podcast. So I'm hoping I make the championship in both fantasy football leagues, so I could come back with that. Um, but <laughs> there you anyways. go. <laughs> so now moving to Sunday. Sunday we'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling into Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Falcons seven point home favorites. What's going what's going down in Atlanta town? Man, what the heck is wrong? Dude, the Falcons, they beat the toughest teams and they lose to everyone else. Um they are a favorite <laughs> right? here. I don't know. Yeah, dude, I don't know what their deal is, but I'm gonna go with Atlanta. Um I do think they will cover just because dude the Jags I mean, the Jags were not who we, they're not who we thought they were. So <laughs> I am going with the Falcons to cover, bro. What about you? What's going down in ATL? Um, I'm taking Atlanta as well. That's a good point. Um, they've taken down the uh, Saints on the road in New Orleans, and they've also taken down San Fran on the road in Santa Clara. <laughs> so it's like, what the heck, bro? What is wrong with these guys? <laughs> right. It's weird. It's a weird season. Um, they may have saved Dan Quinn's job, though. I'll take True. the Falcons by a little more than seven. Um, next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a real barn burner. 1-13 Bengals going into Miami to take on the 3-11 Dolphins. The Dolphins are a one-point home favorite. Who you got in this one? <laughs> I like how it's only one point, bro. They're like... <laughs> Basically they're like, a picking game. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, like what's cares? going on here? <laughs> exactly. But uh, I will go with the Dolphins, dude, because of its magic. Um, I think you can have a big game. Devontae Parker's been playing well. So I will go with the Dolphins, and they should cover. So it's only a one-pointer. I'm going with the Dolphins. What about you? I'm going with the Bengals in this one, Ooh. actually. Um, I... Worst case scenario, I hope it's just a shootout for fantasy purposes with Fitzmagic and Mixon. Um, but 
It should be a battle. It should really be a battle. The Bengals have the number one seed, uh, number one pick locked up. I think everyone else has three wins or more, so they no harm in winning another game. <laughs> um, now we got the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, traveling into Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Ravens are a ten-point road favorite. You taking the Ravens here? I have to go with the Ravens, dude. The Browns, what a disappointment. Uh, from what I've been hearing, it looks like OBJ wants out, bro, and he's talking to other teams. Come get me, and I don't know what else. So, I think Jarvis Landry said that, too. <laughs> did he, he got, yeah, dude, I think everyone wants out. Um, and then people are saying Baker's not even worthy of being a quarterback in the NFL. Crazy stuff, bro. So all those reasons, Ravens, like you said, they're, they're, they should lock up the number one seed um, with a W. So Ravens, and they should cover that 10-point spread. What about you? You got to go Ravens, right? Yep, I'm agreeing with you. Ravens by more than 10. Um funny you mentioned that about the Browns I think what they need to do is they need to fire their coaching staff um like as soon as week 17 is over start fresh um hopefully they can convince everyone uh with the new head coach coming in have everyone buy in otherwise it could be like disaster in Cleveland and they could be back to how they were instead of like a team battling for like eight and eight you know what I mean agree dude and now that you say that eight and eight bro Browns only team in the NFL, the <laughs> only team in the NFL to not have a winning record in this decade. Just so you know, so they've been just historically bad. Yeah, yeah, it's been brutal. Um, looks like they really need a culture change going forward after this season because they have the talent, but they need a culture change and they fast. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we got a good battle here. We got the Saints and the Titans. The Saints are traveling into Nashville, and the Saints and they're a two and a half point road favorite. Who you got in this one? It's a battle. Oh man, it is a battle, dude, and very important uh, game for both teams. But, dude, I gotta go with the Saints. I think the Saints will win this game. Um, they're trying to go to that 12 and three and battle for the first overall in the NFC. So Saints, and I do think they cover again. Could shouldn't be a blowout, especially in Tennessee. Um, but you know, three or more points, I think, is. Um, can, can be expected. What about you? I'm going with the Titans here. Woo-hoo. I'm oh, going God. with the Titans. Um, I just think uh, they need this victory more than the Saints do, even though the Saints are fighting for that uh, bye week. It's just a little harder knowing you've locked up the division for like five weeks and the other teams fighting for their playoff vibes. Um, but anyways, I'm going to take the Titans here to set up uh, – Nine and six versus nine and six. Week 17 showdown with the Texans, where the winner wins the division. Okay. Um, next up, we got the Carolina Panthers in Indy to take on the Colts. Indy is a seven point home favorite. What's going on with this one? Ah, uh, dude, even though the boy Kyle Allen is out um, and being subbed in for, uh, I think the Colts have to win this one, dude. I don't think they cover, so uh, six or less. Um, but I will take the Colts at home. What about you? Are you going with the, with the third stringer coming in, getting the W? I am. <laughs> Ooh, wow, okay. I, it's funny because I was thinking I was just going to take the Colts in this one, and then as soon as I heard they're benching Josh – or not Josh Allen, Kyle Allen, I'm like, nope, I'm going with the Panthers. Uh, third string rookie QB making his first career start in week 16. Um, I believe in him more than Kyle Allen. <laughs> All um, right. <laughs> yeah, so the spread doesn't matter there. And then next up, let's see here. We got the Steelers in 
uh, New York to take on the football Jets. The Steelers are three-point road favorites. You going with the Steelers or what? What's going on? Yeah, I'm surprised it's actually this close, dude. Um, but as we talked about a little bit ago, dude, the Steelers are playing for their playoff lives. This would be a huge, huge loss. So I got to go with the Steelers, bro. I got to go with the Steelers to cover um, in New York. What about you? Uh, as much as I want to see the Jets take out the Steelers from, like, you know, playoff contention, basically, I'm going to have to go with the Steelers here, too. But it's also, it's not a surprise to me that it's a three-point victory considering the Steelers' offense is, like, the most trash offense in the NFL. True. Um, probably first team to 10 points in this game wins, and I'll take the Steelers, <laughs> like, 10 to 7. Um, I like it. I, as much as I dog on the Patriots, uh, not the Patriots, the Steelers offense, I guess the Patriots offense too, but the Steelers offense, it's just a testament to how good their defense is. Just a shout out to their defense. Um, next up, we got the Giants in Washington, our nation's capital, to take on the Redskins. The Redskins are a two and a half point home favorite. I think this is the first game all season that they're favored who's winning this game. <laughs> very true, very true. Trash versus maybe trash. Maybe one game. Uh, yeah, place, maybe against Miami. I think yeah, I'm not so, something like that. But um, I am gonna go with the G-men, dude. Either I'm not sure if people were saying deuces to Eli last week, so sounds like maybe Manuel Jones will come back and, and start for the Giants. I don't think it makes a difference whether it's Eli or Jones. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Giants, and I think Saquon should just have a field day out there um in Washington, bro. So Giants and upset so you know the the spread doesn't matter what about you i'm going with the giants as well i don't think i it will be daniel jones from what i'm hearing i don't think it matters either but this could be a shootout because the redskins are playing well as well um haskins is playing a little bit better but i'll take the giants okay Next up, um, the Detroit Lions, a real barn burner here against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are a six and a half point home favorite up near you. Who's going to win this one? Yes, sir. It is here, the Mile High City. Um, I am going to go with the Broncos. I, the Broncos should win. They should cover. As I said, dude, I picked up Drew Locke, so I'm expecting him to have a big week. And the Broncos defense. So I hope I'm right. I hope Detroit oh, has nice a trash week. Oh, nice with the Broncos yeah. defense. Yeah, bro. So I think being in mile high, it's going to be tough. The Lions, obviously, I think have only three wins thus far. So Broncos at home should cover. What about you? I'm going to go with the Broncos as well. And I think they annihilate the Detroit Lions. I think it's going to be like a game where they had against the Texans. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say. David Blau kind of blows. Um, <laughs> David blows. <laughs> yeah, he's got the worst passer rating in the NFL since he took over. Um, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Nice pickup again with the Broncos defense. Next up, we got, let's see here, the Oakland Raiders uh, traveling to LA to take on the Chargers. Chargers, six and a half point home favorite. Who you got in this one? So, dude, as I mean, this was a tough one. This was a tough one to pick. Division rivals. I am going with the Raiders, Chris. Oh, I think, man. Yeah, dude, I know they screwed up, especially the last game in the black hole. They were booing uh, Carr heading oh, out. Nachos of, on the field. Yeah, dude. I mean, understandable last game ever in Oakland, and they, they lost it at the end. But I just think the Raiders, dude, there's not much to believe in in the Chargers, I don't think. They could blow up or they could be trash. I'm expecting them to not blow up this week. So, 
Raiders, bro. What about you? Um, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers here. The Raiders have lost four straight games. Um, and then the Chargers, they got annihilated by Minnesota. But the week before that, they absolutely crushed the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just beat the Raiders. Um, I'll go with the Chargers here by seven um, in the battle to avoid last place, basically. <laughs> um, next up for the division, essentially, um, Cowboys would lock it up if they win the division. Eagles would essentially lock it up, but not fully if they win the game. Cowboys are in Philly. Dallas is a three-point road favorite. You going with your boys? I have to go with my boys, dude. I actually I feel pretty confident. Um, the Cowboys should win. They should uh, cover that three-point spread. And this is it, bro. This is it. Like we, like, like I said, we beat a good Rams team who is still still is alive in the playoffs. If we don't get it done this week, dude, honestly, the Cowboys do not deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I gotta go with the boys, and it's time to put up or go the hell home, bro. So going with the boys. What about you? What do you think? Uh, man, this is so tough. I think if it was in Dallas, I would feel very confident in the Cowboys. It's in Philly, so to me, it's a toss-up. Um, but I think I'm gonna go with your boys the Dallas Cowboys to win the division but I don't think they cover it it's going to be an absolute wild game I know you're going to be on the edge of your seat unless they you know they just go in and blow them out um it's going to be intense and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who wins should be interesting um but Cowboys by one that's my prediction uh Cardinals and Seahawks Arizona is in Seattle Seattle's a nine and a half point home favorite you going with the Hawks? I am going to go with the Hawks, Chris, but I don't think they cover. As you said, they are pretty um, viable to get balled on um, in through the air. And then you got Kyler who can also run. So I think the Cardinals will put up a battle. But in the end, um, it should be, again, about a touchdown of a difference at least. So Seattle should get the W at home. What about you? I am going with Seattle as well. I don't think they cover either. I think the Cardinals will put up enough points to make it a game. But let's say Seattle by seven. Okay. Sunday night, we got the Chiefs and the Bears. This is going to be an interesting game, even though the Bears are eliminated from playoff contention. If the Chiefs win and the Patriots lose, like we talked about, the Chiefs move into that number two spot in the AFC, which would mean a bye week and uh, a home game in that game as opposed to going on the road to either Foxborough or Baltimore. Big game. Chiefs are five and a half point road favorites against the Bears. Who are you going with in this one? You said it, bro. The Chiefs are playing with uh, for a lot of important things here. Make their lives a lot easier. I have to go with the Chiefs to cover. Not that it will be easy. I don't think it will be a blowout either. Um, the Bears, you know, can still obviously screw, screw them up a little bit, so there's still something to play for. So, I do go Chiefs to cover in a tough battle, about seven to ten points, bro. What about you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say that as well. It'll be like 24 to 17 type game, um, but Mahomes will get it done, and hopefully, with the uh, outcome of the Saturday game, um, knock the Patriots to the uh, wild card round. Finally, we got Monday Night Football, the last Monday Night Football game of the season. It's going to be a good one. It's essentially the battle for the NFC North. If Green Bay wins, uh, they lock it up. If Minnesota wins, they, Green Bay is still favored. 
but Minnesota locks up a playoff, uh, a wild card spot, and Week 17 would be important for both teams um, because then the Vikings would still be alive for the division as well. Green Bay is in Minnesota. Minnesota is actually a four and a half point home favorite here. Who are you going with in this one? Very tough to pick, dude. Um, what a battle it's gonna be. I think with the news of Cook being out, bro. Um, even though that mini D is probably gonna be just like a bunch of dogs, dude, are fighting over some meat. I am gonna go with the Green Bay Packers with an upset here, bro. I think the Packers will win, um, clinch the division, and then be looking to finish up um, in one of those top two spots in the NFC. So, uh, go Pack, bro. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. The news um, that the Vikings won't have Dalvin Cook this week, I think, makes it a little easier for me. And uh, as you mentioned it, I put this uh, show doc together on Monday, Tuesday-ish, before the Dalvin Cook news. So I'm sure this four and a half point line has changed. Um, let me look real quick to see what's good. See if it's a little different now that it, uh, Dalvin Cook is unlikely to play. While I do this, um, you want to give your lock and upset of the week? Yes. So, um, and actually, just so you know, bro, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, yeah, um, me too. <laughs> they're it actually got, favored by more. Now. By more? Wait, what is going on here? I don't, I don't, I'm not really understanding that if, at all. If you're a betting man and you like to bet on football, um, it might not be the worst bet to bet that the Vikings don't cover that five and a half point spread. Correct. Wow. I did not, I was not expecting that <laughs> at all, bro, but. All right, um, whatever. I don't know what, what Vegas is thinking there, but we will go for um, my lock of the week, bro. I am going to go um, in that Sunday night matchup. I'm going to go with the Chiefs over the Bears. Uh, again, the reasoning, dude, it's a tough one. I think that's going to be a close matchup, but that is what I have left in my pick -em. I stick to my pick -em and um, I've done, you know, pretty decent so far, and this is the last option. So Chiefs over the Bears um, for lock. What about, what's your lock? Um, I'm going to go lock here, as in Drew Lock, Denver Broncos over the <laughs> Detroit Lions. I think this is a slam dunk game. Who's your upset? I like that. My upset of the week, bro, is going to be the Bills over the Patriots. I'm telling you, um, the Bills definitely haven't been in this position in like, what? probably like a decade dude at least um where they're actually still have a chance to especially put down the pass I think it's gonna 99. be since they oh dude well they give it two decades bro so um <laughs> I am gonna go with the Bills to get the upset over the Patriots in Foxborough um that is my pick what about you that's a good pick yeah the Bills haven't won 10 or more games since 99 and they've only had one playoff appearance since then which was two years ago when they won nine games but the patriots were way out in front of that um that's a great pick and then my upset of the week is the green bay packers i think it's kind of cheating but you know what vegas uh <laughs> they're gonna dig their own grave here here's a shovel give me green bay <laughs> i like you uh, yep yep me too i like yours as well um you ready to conclude the show and tell the listeners what to expect next week exactly bro so listeners stick with us for another two to three minutes or so let you know what is coming up on a small scoop of sports but for now this concludes our week 16 nfl predictions yep let's get into the preview And that concludes another episode of A Small Scoop of Sports. 
thank you all for listening to episode 27 i can't believe it's already been 27 episodes um just so everyone knows we are actually closing in on a thousand total listens we're getting close um we're getting very close we have the listen we have y'all to thank for that so hopefully you stick with us um my twitter by the way chrismo2413 get at me if you want to talk some sports i'm always there talking whatever basically whatever's on and then uh, the show again small scoop sport that's on facebook or twitter now Hyde, are you ready to preview episode 28 and possibly 29 Yes, sir. So episode 28, listeners, we are going to be coming back with our fantasy football updates on those three championships, two for Chris, one for me. And of course, we're going to have to update everyone on how the NFL matchups um, ended up with those crucial, you know, the Monday night game, that Tennessee Saints matchup, all of those to see how it is that the playoff picture is looking with one week to go also can't forget the boys and the eagles let's see if i'm gonna be happy or if i'm gonna be super salty trashy, trashing the cowboys so we will do that and for next week we will uh, only be doing the football episode because as everyone knows it is one of the greatest holidays christmas um i want to say you know before we finish uh i wish you all happy holidays i hope everybody has a great great christmas and gets suspended you know the way that each and everyone wants to and then after that once we come back get kind of a little bit more into the groove of things after the christmas holiday as chris mentioned for episode 29 we will definitely be doing combat sports so it's been a very busy i would say last three to four weeks so we will be doing a good little roundup of um how everything's been going from mma to boxing um and then as well we will be doing what is it chris we gotta do the college football so college football as everyone knows as well after the new year it's gonna get really really rowdy with that final four and all the bowl games so we'll definitely be doing an in-depth analysis of what the bowls are going to be looking like who's looking to win it and we'll add one more sport to that episode a surprise sport we're going to be deciding that and getting that added to college football and the combat sports corner so again guys thank you very much for joining us today and that is the preview for next week's episode we hope you join us right chris yep yep um so one thing about the college football playoff um it looks like it'll be before we record this uh next episode uh, I believe they're on the 28th. Uh, let's see here. Is it 28th and 29th, Chris? Or um, just the 28th? Both on the 28th. Um, the Oklahoma-LSU game is at 2 o'clock on Saturday, the 28th. Okay. And then the uh, Clemson-Ohio State game is at 6 that same day. So what we'll do is we'll do like a, like you said, we'll kind of review what happened between those two playoff matchups. And then we'll do a preview of the national championship hopefully i'm not salty doing the preview of the national championship oklahoma's been in this position three out of the last four years hopefully this is the year they can break through um just so the listeners know it is oklahoma and lsu um my predictions came true unlike my 14 game scenario that i laid out that was um, right for oklahoma to make the to make the playoffs and then on the other one, it's Clemson, Ohio State. Two great games. 
we'll have the uh, the reviews for you on that episode, episode 29, I believe it is. And then, uh, yeah, uh, we won't be talking to you before um, or before Christmas again. So like Heido said, happy holidays. Um, do you want to close out with where they can find you on Twitter? Yes, sir. And you're right, Chris. Those ones and on January 1st is where all the other bowls are, where Michigan, Alabama, Oregon, Wisconsin. Yeah, those are all... some good ones, too. Yeah, so we'll definitely, we'll get into it. Hopefully, hopefully I'm happy next week. And then hopefully you're happy for the following one, dude, with Oklahoma. Hopefully heading to the uh, championship and we'll preview all those. For the listeners, you can find me on Twitter at jgut 1010 That's J-G-U-T-1010. And, of course, before we finish off, guys, we really appreciate the three R's, as my boy likes to call it, and the side S, as I like to call it. The review, rate, retweet, and the share. So thank you once again, everyone. We hope you join us next week. Happy holidays. This is Jairo signing off for Chris and I. Peace out, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.